Hello, and what is up, everybody? Uh, welcome to this another solo edition of the CSG Podcast. I am your intrepid host, Jeff Morton. Ross and Nate are not with me, obviously. Hopefully, I keep saying this, but hopefully they'll be with me next podcast. Fingers crossed. You never know on these things, but hopefully. Um, before I get started, I want to talk about King Law Firm. Um, they have been a nice sponsor for my solo podcast, um, they, I go to, uh, them, they are my go-to actually for, uh, great legal advice. Uh, they specialize in, uh, personal injury law and social security disability. So if you need to, uh, get those needs addressed, they are the perfect, uh, and I would dare say the best law firm in Denver. Uh, if you go in, ask for Kylan King, K-Y-L-A-N King, uh, and their website is kinglawfirmco.com. That is kinglawfirmco.com. Like I said, one of the best, if not the best, personal injury and social security disability uh, law firms in Denver. Uh, They're great, and I I can't recommend them enough. I've said this a lot on this podcast, but they're, you know, one of the best in Denver, and I know that because I have personal history with them. So please go to kinglawfirmco.com and uh, when you, if you go in, tell them Jeff Morton sent you. So uh, this is going to be actually a kind of quick podcast because we're right up against the NBA draft. And the NBA draft, as you all know, is something that uh, I've had a love-hate relationship with, probably more hate than love. And I do know that people are very angsty about the 2017 draft. And look, um, self-hate is built into the DNA of Nuggets fans. It really is. And I I can't say I completely blame anyone. It is, But as someone who has lived through countless, uh, if not bad, disappointing drafts, the Donovan Mitchell draft doesn't rank high for me. It was disappointing, but there was, let's face it, there there have been worse. And it is it is my duty, I believe, to inform those of you who uh, are don't have the long memory or didn't become Nuggets fans till Carmelo Anthony was here, to talk about a little bit of Nuggets history and talk about where it really, really went wrong. Uh, for some context, uh, in 1995, Dan Issel uh, resigned. And before that, Lafonso Ellis had basically destroyed his knee playing a pickup game of, of basketball at Highlands Ranch, Highlands Ranch Rec Center with uh, Brian Stith. That basically destroyed what was one of the most promising teams in Denver Nuggets history, the uh, 1994 um Denver Nuggets who beat the Sonics and then took Utah to seven games. That became the slow and what I, or excuse me, quick uh, demise of a team that had a lot of promise and uh, was never able to fulfill it because of a series of circumstances that were, some were self-inflicted, some were not, like Lafonso Ellis' injury. Uh, Issel resigns in 1995, January 1995. And uh, shortly thereafter, the general manager um, of the Nuggets, who had general managed them since 1990, Bernie Bickerstaff, uh, he um, took over as coach eventually after Gene Little's, uh, the assistant uh, 
had a try and was not successful. The Nuggets made it to the playoffs in 1995, were swept by the San Antonio Spurs, and it just wasn't, you know, it was kind of an ignomious end to what was a very, very promising team the year before. Um, in the 1995 offseason, uh, Bernie Bickerstaff acquired Antonio McDice in probably the last good move Bickerstaff ever made. Uh, he traded the Nuggets pick, which turned out to be Brent Berry, to, I believe, the Clippers for uh, at the Clippers. And I believe the Nuggets included uh, Brian Williams in that deal. Uh, Bison Daly, uh, Brian Williams slash Bison Daly. And uh, they got in return the pick that was Antonio McDice. Well, that was an interesting, you know, kind of turn of events. Uh, it... Ellis was one of those, uh, excuse me, McDice was one of those guys that was like, had the potential of being a star. And he showed out pretty well in his first season. But in Bickerstaff's, that season, the 95-96 season was one of the most disappointing in Nuggets history. They were laden with talent. They had Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, Bryant Stith, Antonio McDice, LaFonso Ellis, Dikembe Mutombo, Dale Ellis, uh, they were just loaded, and they only managed 35 wins. Possibly, possibly the most disappointing, one of the most disappointing seasons in Nuggets history. It became clear that after that, maybe Bernie Bickerstaff's own personal agenda was not matching up with the team. And uh, in the 1996 offseason, a series of horrible mistakes was made by Bickerstaff that destroyed the team and, eventually, that, and caused a downward spiral that was one of the worst in Nuggets history, maybe the worst. Uh, first, he traded, alienated uh, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf to the extent that, look, Raouf, that was the season where he was sitting in the locker room while the Star-Spangled Banner was going on. Obviously, everyone knows that controversy and the, uh, the, the uproar it caused. Obviously, the NBA was against uh, what Raouf was doing. And it didn't help that Bernie Bickerstaff basically didn't stand up for his player and turned his back on him. This alienated Raouf to the point where it was uh, just clear that he could no longer be in Denver, along with incidents happening with fans that I'm sure the city of Denver looks back on and is not proud of at, you know, it was a different time, but that's no excuse. Uh, the city of Denver treated Raouf like crap and it just turned out that way. And then he had to be, he had to be traded and he was traded this to the Sacramento Kings for, uh, what I could only describe as the corpse of Sironis Marcellonis. Then, uh, in probably the worst move, or maybe one of the worst moves in De Denver Nuggets history, Bickerstaff lets Dikembe Mutombo walk away for nothing. Now, actually, i got to back up a bit. Before that, the NBA draft happened. And everyone knows that Mutombo was about to leave. I mean, with the wreckage of history, you know that Dikembe Mutombo was going to leave for nothing the best defensive player in Nuggets history, one of the best defensive players in NBA history. In the draft, 1996 draft, 
Bernie Bickerstaff determined that there was no one worth drafting. Now, those of you who are NBA draft draftniks who will know that the, NBA, the 1996 NBA draft was one of the deepest drafts of the 90s. Probably, it's right up there with the 1998 NBA draft with being just incredibly deep. Uh, that was famously the Allen Iverson draft. There he went number one. Uh, Marcus Camby, future Nugget, went number two. And, uh, you know, Bickerstaff determined at that point that there was no one worth drafting. And the Nuggets had the 10th pick because of their disappointing season, that 35 and 47 season. Uh, so he decided to trade back with the Indiana Pacers and acquire and, and send out uh, Reggie Williams and Jalen Rose something that still hurts to this day, Jalen Rose and Reggie Williams to the Indiana Pacers for the 10th pick, excuse me, the 23rd pick, and Mark Jackson. Everyone knows Mark Jackson from his broadcasting right now, but he was a a point guard. And uh, actually, he had his most assists ever in that subsequent season, but that's another story. The 10th pick, after which... Um, in with what happened, this is who was selected after the Nuggets traded that pick. Now, the Indiana Pacers used that pick on Eric Dampier, who ended up having a long NBA career. And as those of you will remember Eric Dampier from his days with the Dallas Mavericks and the Nuggets um, facing them in the uh, nineteen to the excuse me the two thousand nine semifinals. Uh, after that, Todd Fuller did not play very long in the NBA. Vitaly Papatenko played a little bit, um, but here comes the rest. Number 13, Kobe Bryant was selected. 14, Peja Stojakovic was selected. Number 15, Steve Nash was selected. Number 17, Jermaine O'Neal was selected. And the Nuggets ended up taking a gentleman by the name of Ethemios Rentius, who they assumed was a center, but turned out to be a six-foot-seven two-guard. Bickerstaff hadn't seen Rentius play, and uh, he never came over to the United States. It was possibly the most disastrous off-season in Nuggets history, but it was capped off by a horribly missed opportunity in a draft that was so deep. Now, people are can argue about Donovan Mitchell and what the Nuggets were going to do. This was a little different because that Nuggets team in 1996 needed talent, right? You needed talent on that roster. And they were going into the subsequent season with Antonio McDice and a, a injured again, LaFonso Ellis, Bryant Stith, the old faithful was there, um, and Mark Jackson. But it wasn't a great squad at all. Bickerstaff ended up uh, resigning as head coach and then subsequently, 10 days later, getting fired as general manager. Um, Dick Mata took over and the rest of that season was uh, a disaster. However, 
It was that draft that altered the course of Nuggets history. Imagine them select now Kobe Bryant. There are people who will say, and I probably agree with them, that uh, he was destined to be a Laker. That it was just in the cards that he was going to be there. Things were set up that way, controversially. Jerry West knew that he wanted to get up, get um, Kobe Bryant. Now, the Nuggets, what if they select Kobe? Well, what if they select Steve Nash at 10? What does their history look like? You can kind of, uh, like, I, I equate the 1996 draft and offseason as a pivotal turning point in Nuggets history, in Nuggets, um, in the Nuggets turns. Because uh, after that, the next season, um, the Nuggets were still terrible. The season is a disaster. They go into the Tim Duncan draft and draft Tony Batie at number five. And after that was the 98 draft, which is right almost even with the draft disasters of 96 draft. Obviously, famously, Dan Issel, who had taken over as uh, general manager and team president at that point, selected Rave LaFrance. And the rest of that is well-worn history that I'd rather not think about. But it was the 96 draft that was the fundamental turning point. The fundamental turning point in an organization that needed something good after getting hit with a string of bad luck and horrible management. They needed that. And it was so poorly done and so so mismanaged by Bernie Bickerstaff that what happened was the Nuggets spiraled and subsequently the 97-98 season the Nuggets won 11 games and needed really this is after they traded Antonio McDice for I believe three second round picks in uh, uh, the the offseason of 1997 and that was an Alan Bristow move but they subsequently went won 11 and 71 in 1997-98. Worst season in uh, Nuggets history, one of the worst seasons in NBA history. That team, uh, people that talk about the 17-win uh, Nuggets team of 2002-2003, let me tell you something. The 11-win Nuggets team was by far the worst team I've ever seen. That includes the six-win Bobcats team in the, stri- in the uh, lockout shortened year. That was... I have never seen a team so poorly coached, so had so little talent in my life. It was horrible, and it was awful to watch. And it, the Nuggets made a series of bad decisions. And the Ascent, who owned the Nuggets at the time, decided to put them up for sale uh, and the Avalanche in uh, 1997. Uh, because the shareholders of Ascent wanted to sell the, their stakes, their entertainment, to um, Liberty uh, Media. Liberty Media ended up buying them with the contingency that the Avs and Nuggets be sold. And the Pepsi, and the future Pepsi Center, which was eventually built in 1999. 
largely on the back of the movie Air Force One and semi-success of the Colorado Avalanche. But it was mostly due to that movie that was they were able to get this uh, arena funded. It all kind of started spiraling for the Nuggets in 1996. Yeah, the 94-95 the team... Uh, was disappointing. The 95-96 team was one of the most disappointing teams in Nuggets history. Bickerstaff couldn't keep it together, and he began a series of horrible decisions that ended up scarring the team for years and years to come. And the Nuggets did not recover for another seven years. It took them seven years to dig out of that, even though they brought in Nick Van Axel, even though they brought in Antonio McDyess. The the die was set. It, it, the die was cast, so to speak. It was there. That was the most disastrous draft. And it would mark the turning point in the Nuggets' fortunes. What happened ever that, after that and since has been, I believe, to my mind, a recovery from that moment. From that disastrous offseason. And a lot of that had to do with the Nuggets had a really poor reputation by that point, league-wide. Um, the Rauf the episode kind of painted Denver in a bad light with players in the league. Um, the Nuggets had to do a lot of repair, reparations on their character. And then you had issues with Dan Issel in 2001 that we everyone knows about and it was just a series of things that just it, it's so it's so nuggets and when this happens it took the nuggets forever to recover and in some way they're still recovering and i mean with the reputation with longtime fans they will remember these things and like i said that you could you could make the argument you could make a very convincing argument and i would be open to it that the 98 draft was just as disastrous. But the 96 draft is where it started and where it just started getting real bad for this franchise. And coming into this draft, we're talking about, uh, let's see, in two days, as of the recording of this, the Nuggets need to make some critical decisions. And you hope that they continue on a course where they make good decisions. Under Tim Connolly, they've largely not made poor decisions. People will point to Emmanuel Moutier, but, you know, Moutier, everyone would have taken Moutier at where the Nuggets were at seven. Um, people were surprised he fell, and as soon as that happened, he kind of fell into the Nuggets' lap, and you had to take him. In hindsight, it didn't work, but that's where it was. Largely, Tim Connolly, outside of that 2017 draft, has made, and Arturis Karnasovas, and Tommy Balchettis, and the Ben Tenzer, and the Raffle Juke, and the entire Nuggets front office, usually, by and large, made sound decisions. Last year was something that they're going to have to recover from. I, I understand Nuggets fans being on edge, but one of the th reasons I brought up this history lesson is to tell you that things have been far far worse than Nuggets history. People are smarter now. People have more information with them. And you would hope that critical, critical mistakes won't continue to be made. And I have faith that it won't be. 
The Nuggets know what they need to do. We shall see what they'll do. They have pick number 14. And obviously, uh, sketchy, you know, back-end of lottery um, is generally, historically, not a great place to be selecting. But you never know. You may get lucky. And we shall see. Um, Thank you all for joining me for this brief and kind of depressing history lesson. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at King of Thornton. Uh, you can follow CSG Podcast at CSG Podcast. We also have a Facebook page, Colorado Sports Guys. Uh, follow us all there. Uh, you can follow Nate Timmons on at Nate Timmons CSG. And you can follow Ross Martin at, uh, at high, H-I, H-I Roscoe, R-O-S-S-C-O. <coughs> Excuse me. Thank you all for joining me, and I'll be talking to you later. Goodbye.